But one thing that my dad and I have done over the last few years is we've, uh, we've been in kind of a competition. We both really like flashlights. Call it a guy thing. But flashlights are, we just like, and the cooler the flashlight, the better, right? And so we're in this competition of who can buy the other person a better flashlight. And it all started years ago. This was, I mean, it's got to be like six, seven, maybe longer, eight years ago, where Sam's had this 800 lumen flashlight. And it was like the brightest thing ever. Right, and my dad got this for me, and, and it was just, it was cool. So what did I do? I went out and bought him the same one. So we both had an 800 lumen flashlight. But as technology has progressed, the lumens have gotten brighter and brighter. And so I, I, rem- I you know, I found, I found this, this uh, well, he got me a brighter flashlight, and then I got him a brighter flashlight, and we got, and it, so there's been this competition. And so I got him this, I got him this one flashlight, you guys want to turn off the lights? Merle, can you turn off the lights in the sanctuary for a second? We'll turn them back on. But uh, one, of the, one of the things that we, that we like to do is, is compare. And so I got, I got him this, this flashlight that, you know, I think is like 2,000 lumens or something like that. And so it gets brighter. And so you see, it, and, and see, this, you could take this. You double tap and you get really bright. I mean, if I shine this in your eyes, which I, you see how bright that was? And I thought, you know, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good little light right there. You know, I could take this and shine it in a burglar's eyes and scare him to death, you know? And that's part of my intruder plan. So that and a little pocket knife. But other than that, so we have, you know, this, this light. So here I was just so proud that I had gotten this light for him. I mean, look at this thing. I am bright out. And then Christmas, he throws this thing at me. Let's see here if I can turn it on here. Hey, I turn it on, and you're like, well, I mean, that's, that's not that much brighter, right? I mean, oh, man. So then you turn it up a little bit. Turn it up, and it gets brighter. And brighter, and it outshines, outshines that one. But just when you think that's as bright as it goes, I mean, we could light up the Unsel Center, right? We could play basketball in here, right? I mean, watch this, watch this. I'm not going to try to blind anybody, but check this out. Ah, see, that's bright. That's bright. I, and so there's that. So yesterday, as I was thinking about the flashlights and everything, I, I was. What, what have they made? What, who, who took this one over? My dad's going to get a 7,000 lumen flashlight. This is a 4,200. So he went from 800, about 2,400 to 4,200. And I'm saving up my money for the 7,000. <laughs> and I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. All right, you guys can turn the, the lights back on. But, I, I mean, I could provide light for you to read your Bibles today, but I won't. Okay. Light is important to us. Even when we turn the lights back on now, it's nice to just, oh, God, I feel better. I feel better. There's light around me. Have you ever had the power go out in your home? And you go into a room and you flip the switch. It's an automatic thing. You walk in and you flip it knowing that the power is out. You flip it anyways. 
only to be reminded that this is the fourth room that you've walked in in the last three minutes. And every single time the power is out, only to remind you that your memory stinks and that you're just getting old. Maybe that's just me. But every time we do it, here's and why? Why do we love light so much? Is because it helps us to see. It helps us to see where we are. It helps us to see where we're going. There's nothing more frustrating than getting up in the middle of the night. And there's no light, and you stub your toe on something, and you learn different languages in the middle of the night, all because there was no light. Today, as we open up the Bible, as we spend some time in here, we're looking at the words of Jesus when he gives us very specific instructions to his children. I invite you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we're looking at verse 14. Verses 14 and 16, last time we were together, we spent some time talking about being the salt of the earth. Being the salt of the earth. And in the same little paragraph, Jesus compares not just with salt, but now he starts talking about the light as well. Understanding that we're still in the context of who he's addressing in the Beatitudes. Remember all of those that we spent so long talking about? Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are pure in heart. He is calling us to a different way of living. He calls us in a different way of loving. He calls us to be different. He calls us to make a difference in this life. And that's why he's, he's getting to a point that he's saying, look, I don't want you to just be different and all by yourself. That you're just now this this holy person that doesn't intermingle with the rest of the world. I want, instead, I want you to go into the world and make a difference. And so he calls us salt. And now he's going to call us light. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word now, we thank you for it. We pray that you would speak to us today through it. That this would not just be another sermon, not just another scripture that we read, but Lord, a life-transforming day that when your love abides in our hearts and transforms us, changes us, and lives through us to shine bright. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Just like the salt, true salt, can't lose its saltiness, he also talks about true light cannot be hidden. True light, light cannot be hidden. People don't light a a, a lamp and then put it under a basket. Those are things that you would not do with what light has been given. Instead, you put it on a stand. You let the whole house be able to see. Now, in in those days, they had mostly one room. That's what most houses were like. It was one big living room. It's It's where they ate. It's where they slept. It's where they did everything. So one light to light the whole place made sense. They put it in the middle of the, of the house and it gave the whole house light. Can you imagine if you light the, the, the light and then you just put it under a basket? 
What good does that do? And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. A, a city up on a hill cannot be hidden. We'll come back to that. But, but this idea that you are the light of the world. Do you find that a little odd? Do you find that Jesus would call you and call me light of the world? I mean, I read that and I go, wait a minute. I thought Jesus is the light of the world. I'm not the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Now, turn with me. Let's go. Because if there's ever a gospel writer or a writer in the New Testament that loves using the analogy of light, who is it? It's John. Come on, guys. Work with me here. Let's go with me. Book of John. Okay? Gospel of John. Right at the very beginning. Let's just take, let's take a, a, a little detour here. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Some versions say does not comprehend it. In other words, light always beats the dark. We go in, 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 in verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We have this light and dark battle that goes on, and right here in the Gospel of John, it tells us the true light which gives light to everyone. The true light who gives light. Who is the true light? Well, we go over to John chapter 8. Let's not make any assumptions here. In John chapter 8, in verse 12, context, there's a feast that's going on. And there's a very elaborate light ceremony that they're doing. And so as, as they've put all of their, their interest and all of their time and energy within these feasts and the rituals and the traditions, Jesus breaks through and, and in verse 12 says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light, the true light of the world. But the scripture says that he takes that light and he gives it to everyone. And anyone that believes in him would also become light. Because his light does what? It shines through us. If we abide in Christ and Christ abides in us, there is light to shine. That's the way that this works. But this is not the only time that John mentions this. Turn with me to the first letter of John. So this is 1 John. Head over to the book of Revelation. And if you go to Revelation, just back up a little bit, and you'll find the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. 1 John chapter 2. 
And he talks about it in chapter 1 as well. About walking in light. If we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's, that's chapter 1. Look at chapter 2. Uh, starting verse 7. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment but an old commandment that you had from the beginning the old commandment is the word that you have heard at the same time it is a new commandment that i am writing to you which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining i love this because john is writing to a group of new believers and he is telling them You are no longer in darkness. You have Jesus. You are in the light. The light's already been shining. You're just getting the light that's hitting you, and now it's going to continue to shine. Whoever says he is in the light. Now, here, this is one thing that I love about John is that he does not mess around. I mean, there's no gray area here. He just flat out says, you want to be in light? This is how people in light live. And if you think that you're in light, but you're not living like this, You're actually not in light, but you're in darkness. And so this is what he says. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there's no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. John, just as plain and as clear as he can get, there's not a new commandment that I'm giving you. I'm going to remind you of this commandment, and in this commandment is what? That you would love one another. Just what Jesus had said in his last time with his disciples, and he told them, I want you to love each other. Here's how people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. I want you to love people just as I have loved you. He tells us that, that all the... the the, the Torah, the law, everything hangs on the principle of loving God with all of your heart and to loving people as Christ loves us. I mean, this, these are very, very pointed commands that Jesus gives in his life. And John, who's listened to Christ, is now writing this and making it very practical. You say you're in light, but you're not loving? Guess what? You're not in light. Because here's the thing is when Christ is in your heart, light shines naturally. When Christ is in your life, love flows freely. So God being love, if God is love, which you'll find as you keep reading 1 John, God is love, and if you have God in your heart, how could you then have hate? Because those two things are in conflict with one another and that's what john is trying to bring out just as light and darkness cannot be in the same place love and hate can't be either and so john is is just bringing this out that you want to be in light you are the light of the world guess what you're going to live differently you're going to love differently you're going to forgive when you don't feel like forgiving, because Jesus is in your heart. You are the light of the world.
Jesus saying those words makes me ask the question to myself, how bright am I shining? If Jesus is saying it, I have to believe that it's true. But has there been moments in my life that I've hid the light under a bushel? Under a basket? Has there been times in my life where I've taken that light and just kind of pushed it to the side because I didn't want it to cause issues? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp, put it under a basket. They put it on a stand so it gives light to all in the house. And this is what he says. In the same way, let your light shine. It's not try and shine your light. And we just make sure that we get what Jesus is saying. I, the natural reaction would be, oh man. Like if I ask the question, man, how bright am I shining? Okay, all right. I got to get out there and I got to shine bright. Okay, so I'm going to go be bright everywhere I go. It's not about trying to shine your light. Jesus says, let it shine. In other words, I think of it this way. It, it, with any type of light, if I can turn this guy back on, he's a little tricky. But uh, this light is just going to continue to shine, is it not? I mean, that's, that's what the, this is meant to do. And so I can let it shine, or I could get in the way of it, couldn't I? I could. I could get in the way. It does not mean that the light isn't shining. It doesn't mean that Jesus isn't shining. It doesn't mean that Jesus isn't trying to break through. But sometimes I can be so selfish and so prideful that I don't let his light shine. Now, can you imagine if I didn't have the light over here and yet here I am trying to shine light? It doesn't work. You can't shine light that you don't have, at least in this, this illustration of what Jesus is trying to say. Because when Christ abides in your heart, his light shines through you. Which means the opposite. If light is not shining through you, there's a disconnect. Something's missing, something's wrong. It doesn't mean that Jesus has stopped shining. But it could be that we get prideful. We get selfish. We think we know what is best. You don't, you don't know what they've done to me. They deserve to have this grudge held. They deserve punishment. They deserve this because of what they've done. Block not allowing the light to shine through. If Jesus is calling us to be salt, and Jesus is calling us to be light, he's clearly telling us that he wants us to make a difference in this world. 
He wants to lead people. He wants us to help lead people. Because here's the thing. Light is not lit (laughs) to attract people to the light. Like, I don't shine my light so that people think that I'm a good person. Sometimes, unfortunately, pride steps in and that's what we try to do. But true light shining through us from Jesus, that light is not in and of itself to attract people to the light. What does light do? If I were to shine this light directly into your eyes, you wouldn't like that very much, right? It could cause, cause damage. I'm not saying that you, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus and it'll cause damage. Don't take it that far, okay? <laughs> Let's not take me out of context here. But what I am saying is when I take this light and let's say that we're on a hike, and it's dark. Can you imagine if I took the light out and shined it in your eyes? You'd be ticked at me. You'd be like, stop, get that thing out of my face. I'm trying to walk here. But if I take the light and I shine it on the ground, then what? You can see. You can see where you are. You can see where you're going. You can see if you need to turn around. You've ever heard some of those, those stories, the incredible miracles, the guide stories, kids and their, you know, people walking in caves, and they're, they're going along, they're going along, their light goes out, and they're just going along, and they're feeling their way around, and something inside of them just says, stop. And they don't take another step. And so they take a, like a rock, and they hold it out and they drop it and it's just straight down and it just goes and goes and goes and goes. You see, to have a little bit of light in a place of darkness could save your life. And by you being able to shine your light in a world full of darkness could save someone else's life too. Because it's not about them seeing us as light. It's about them seeing where they are and who Jesus is and that they could turn and follow him. Look, if people don't see him in us, why would they want him? If there is no noticeable difference between us and someone who chooses not to believe, why would a non-believer even want what we have? If there is nothing that may, if there's, and and here's the thing, is I'm not just talking about doctrine. I'm not talking about the the truth of scripture. Look, I I firmly believe that Jesus is one, he's so good. Just as he led each one of us to his truth, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, just as he has led each one of us, I believe he'll lead other people too. That's how good Jesus is. He does not like his children in confusion, and so he's gonna bring people out of that, and he's gonna work, and he's gonna love, and sometimes he'll use us in those situations, and sometimes he does some incredible things in other people's lives. But here's the thing. I'm talking more about the love of Jesus made manifest in our life. If the love of Christ is not in my heart, then why would someone who doesn't have Christ in their heart want what I have? Why? Because I'm just telling them that what they're doing is wrong 
or because I'm telling them that I know the truth about scripture and I know what happens to us when we die and I know what foods that we need to stop eating and I know how to keep a day holier than them. Like I can spit out all kinds of things but as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, if I don't have love, it's worthless and it's pointless. And John is saying that if you don't have love, then you don't have light. You're walking in darkness. Why would someone else want what I have if my life is not any different with Jesus in it? Think about the trials in your life, the difficulties, the times of unknown at work, when layoffs are happening all over the place and you don't know if you are going to be next or not and there's a, a tension of anxiety in your, in your place of work, how would you be light in that situation? Would you provide peace because Jesus is peace and knowing that he has a plan and that he's going to work? Or are you going to go right along with it and talk about your boss and talk about how the company needs to be doing this and, and if they just did that, then you could change all the things? Or would you trust in the one who's in control? To have love in our heart for the people who have hurt us the most. Those who've said the meanest things. Those who've written the most anonymous letters. To have love in your heart and in my heart for them. How do you live in a world that is full of chaos left and right? Do you live it in peace or do you live it with anxiety? When the enemy is trying to tell you that you are defeated, do you believe that? Or do you believe in the words of the Bible that tells us that we have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ? How we live, how we interact, how we react will show if there's light or if there's not. And here's the thing. There is no try. It's let. Let your light shine. Let the, li- the shining life of Jesus shine through you. Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing says this, humanity has in itself no light. In itself, humanity has no light. Apart from Christ, there is no light. She says that apart from Christ, we are like an unkindled taper, like the moon when her face is turned away from the sun. We have not a single ray of brightness to shed into the darkness of the world. But when we turn toward the sun of righteousness... When we come in touch with Christ, the whole soul is aglow with the brightness of the divine presence. I think of it this way. The flame on a lamp 
can only stay lit is if there's oil in it. Otherwise, it's going to go out. In fact, the only way that you know that there's oil in the lamp is if there's a flame. Flame is the evidence that there's oil, that there's fuel, that there's something that's keeping this thing going. And I, I, gotta, I gotta just think about this, that if, if we believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is what fuels us and what fills us, I believe the only way that you and I shine and let our lights shine is by allowing the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, allowing Jesus to shine bright and let him shine and not get in the way, not, not blocking it. Now think about this. One lamp, one lamp can light a house in this context. One lamp could light a house. But think about if every house had a lamp and every house was lit and someone is in darkness and they're looking for hope. And when Jesus says a city on a hill cannot be hidden, this is what I think he was getting at. If there is a lamp that's lit in every single house, if there is a lamp that is lit in every single heart, a group of believers who have the light of Jesus cannot be hidden. But those who are in darkness, those who've been walking in darkness, those who are struggling, can see a group, a city of people who have their hearts on fire for Jesus. And they would be able to see, to see where they're going, to see where they are. Can you imagine if each of us allowed the light of Christ to shine through us? Some of us just need to let the light shine at home. That's where we start. Let the light shine in your house. Let the light shine in your heart. Let the light shine right where you are. And then we don't try as a community of believers to then go spread light everywhere. We have to have the light of Christ here in our own hearts. And when we come together as one with Christ in our hearts, then we can be a bright and shining light for him. Remember, it's not about us being seen. It's not about the church being visible. It's about Jesus and lighting the way for people to find Christ. So we as a church, we got to get beyond just this. But if we go outside of the four walls without oil, without a light that's shining, we can cause more damage than good. So we let our light shine.